0: What's up world, your boy Kaz here once again for the Say Less Podcast. Uh, This episode uh, is a real good one. Really enjoyed talking to my guy Peter Rosenberg, OG podcast legend, but more importantly than that, good friend of mine uh, just from the worlds of hip-hop, music, pro wrestling, all around good dude, especially... Uh, you know, when it comes to everything that he's worked on, uh, you catch him on Ebro in the morning, a hot 97, you catch him on the Michael K show for ESPN, catch him on WWE hosting a bunch of pre-shows and let's get right into it, man. We talk about everything going on in the world. We talk about sports and, uh, hopefully what you guys are getting out of these podcasts is, uh, not so much gloom and doom, but you know, man, like there's just, we just need something to kind of get our minds off of stuff for now. Right? So Emilio hit the fucking music. i'm doing all right i'm doing all right honestly doing these shows every day has been like really therapeutic talking is good being connected is good i didn't realize how much i needed human connection before uh it was taken from us
1: (laughs) i think that's probably a lot of people's feelings like sometimes now you have people over connecting like family setting up facetime sessions and you're like wait we wouldn't have been seeing each other anyway do we really need to do this yeah but people do just yeah you miss like that connection, because it starts feeling freakishly lonely, so um, yeah, I feel you, bro I feel you, the broadcasting, podcasting thing definitely is a, is a nice thing man.
0: it's a good thing, it's a good thing uh, so let's talk to you, man, I mean, you've been on the line with uh, some key figures uh, trying to flatten the curve, man so you've been using your platform to really, like, spread the word as much as possible, you've talked with AOC Cory Booker, Cuomo and others on the Hot 97, Talk to me about the responsibility of kind of having that platform to, to spread that word in such spooky times right now.
1: It is one of those times where you do feel like a legitimate sense of responsibility because, you know, the public airwaves are a different thing. Like, like you know, radio airwaves are different. And, and it's funny, like I was saying to someone earlier, you know, it's like the first time in 20 years where it feels like having a local radio is basically as safe a form of entertainment employment as you could possibly have mm-hmm. um like when has anybody felt like that recently for so long it's been like oh radio's dying radio is in trouble oh. but now you're in the circumstance that's dire you're like oh yes a free broadcast signal that everybody has access to that's important you know even if god forbid we were to lose our internet etc those radio towers will work. So you, you do feel a, a sense of responsibility. And, you know, it's we still, we're still having fun, but I won't lie. Like, if you were to listen to our show every day at this point, with the exception of our little, like, bits that we air every day, the, the bulk of the show is really just taking people through where we are now and, you know, trying to ease people's fears and maybe, you know, give some not-so-subtle recommendations about what we should be doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the the energy is very different, but, I mean, we're in different times. So, you know, there's there's a good thing to to just being as responsible as you can uh, with your platforms, man. I mean, um, in times of chaos and, like, panic, politicians always uh, look their best most of the time, right? Like, a lot of people may not have some great things to say about Giuliani, but after 9-11, he, he looked great. And uh, is that something you should keep in mind during these times, especially with Cuomo just just kind of being like, you know, showing as much leadership as he has in the past couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've been trying to remind people of that. You, you know, a lot of people are hitting me up like, yo, but what do you think about Cuomo? And I'm like, guys, this is what they do. Mm. Like, I, I was, I never liked Giuliani, and after 9-11, I still didn't like Giuliani, and when everyone was like, falling head over heels, I, I would say to people, and it would always like, they didn't necessarily understand, I would always be like, do you guys think that Marion Barry, uh, rest in peace, but at the time he was around and back in DC politics. Right. I was like, do you guys think Marion Barry would have done any worse a job? <laughs> this, this is what politicians do. Like, you show up to the scene and you make people feel better. And, you know, yes, we happen to be living in a weird time right now where the leader of the, of the free world is incapable of that basic tenant of politics. But, like, Up until Donald Trump, that is what every politician was capable of. So it's just funny to see people getting really geeked about Cuomo. And listen, he is doing a good job. I appreciate his candor. I appreciate him keeping it real. But let's also be honest. He knows what he's doing. This is him basically running for president
0: down the road. Oh, 1,000%. 20- and anybody looks like a better, more fit guy at this point than the dude at the uh, head of state right now. So I totally understand why somebody wouldn't just not only do what's best for the city, but, you know, do what's best for yourself. And be like, oh, hey, maybe this guy could run the country eventually one day. But who knows? Anyway, uh, so outside of staying inside, uh, what's your best tip for just kind of... Making the world a better place right now. I mean, it's it's been tough, but, uh, you know, what, what do you think is your best tip for that right now?
1: I'm just trying to figure out how to make, I mean, I'll be totally honest, I'm just trying to figure out how to make my home and my mental space a better place and you know i don't think it's easy you know i mean you and i were texting the other day uh, when i i was just having i was having that day of like man i'm not feeling this no. and i feel like we constantly are going through cycles right now of one day you're there to be there for other people and then the next day you need other people to be there for you and to be like calm down it's gonna be all right but i mean there is no way, in my opinion, to not have moments where you start to get a little bit overwhelmed with how crazy this is. And well, I, I've been trying the last couple of days to just add a couple activities um, that, frankly, as much as I'm not proud to say this, I don't do every day. Like previous to this, I did not pick up a book every day. Hmm. I would I read on my phone that I don't consider that reading. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would read articles, but I what? I have all these books I have, and I don't pick them up. And now it's like, let me try picking up a book and spending time laying down, just reading and feeding my brain every single day. And adding things like that, because frankly, it's sort of like putting um, your own mask on before helping a child. Mm. Before I can really be helpful to the world, I have to figure how to be okay myself and I've had moments of feeling okay and I've definitely had moments of feeling overwhelmed when it hit Saturday morning and I woke up and I was still in my apartment and I'm like oh Saturday feels a lot like Friday I had a little bit of a freak out I was just like wow wait how long are we doing this for oh we don't know so I, now I'm trying to add things that can just um, you know suit my soul a bit so hopefully I'm capable of being Uh, a more useful member of society particularly because I have to be on the radio twice a day so I literally me sounding crazy and unhappy like it's not the same as everybody feeling that way I can literally be a detrimental force on the local community so let me make sure I'm taking care of myself and bring people positive energy when I get on the radio because I I really don't want to be a negative force on people
0: right I mean well you've done a a hell of a job with that with both the shows you've done uh, this week man and you know you always got my support whatever you do so uh you know. Well,
1: that's the thing. That's why I can't really trust you. So, if you're not <laughs> the trash, you would have been like, Wow, oh, you're doing a great job." I'm like, "You sure, bro?" I don't get this text.
0: <laughs> well, listen, I would, I, t- I would t- tell you. I mean, you know, I, did, I didn't, I didn't really hit you during the whole Jay Electronica thing. I was like, you know, what? This is a little. This is, you know, this might be some. Uh, this might be uncharted territory. So I'm gonna let this breathe before I talk to him about
1: this. <laughs> No rap beef is uncharted territory. I'm much more comfortable in that discomfort right. than I am this discomfort. Like I've seen how those things play out over time, and like you're like, oh, I'll wait a few days, and the tweets will slow down, and I'll stop hearing about it, and people will move on. And yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exa-
0: it happens. It happens this. all the time. It's always somebody just looking for the next thing to for people to talk about, and that's kind of what that felt like to me with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I actually kind of felt like, in one sense, having a little bit of a feud with someone I thought was kind of nice, just because it was almost a distraction from these really real issues. But yeah, days go on, and then Joe Button starts beeping with uh Jay Electronica, and uh, I'm out. Peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it feels like you just got subbed out and subbed in anyway. So the good, yeah, good. Yeah. Love Joe handle it. He loves this. He, he loves, loves that, that shit. In. You love it. So, yeah, man, uh, you were, let's let's take it back a little bit, bro. Like, you, uh, I always call you the podcast OG, yourself, Combat Jack, um, you know, uh, uh, Cypher Sounds. Uh, YNEP was something that, you know, back in the day, you know, didn't really seem like it made sense. But now is one of the forefathers of hip-hop podcasting. Um, tell me a little bit about that journey and how that space kind of has evolved over the years to where, you know, everybody goes to podcasts for new sources and to break down music and to do that type of stuff. So talk to me a little bit about the evolution of that.
1: I mean, really this, the story is pretty simple. You know, um, I, I started working at the radio station, um, at the time, um, Ebro was the program director and, um, Cypher sounds and I got paired together to work on a new morning show. Um, and when we got paired together, um, Ebro put us together, thought we'd be a good team, and, and we started doing these early Saturday morning shows. And so I said to Syph, listen, after we get off the air, let's do a podcast where we get to, to know each other a little bit because doing these quick breaks on the radio, like, it's hard to get to know each other. Let's just let's just record a podcast. Syph literally, at the time, was like, what's a podcast? And I was like, well, we basically just hit record and talk. His real lack of belief that, Anyone would ever want to hear anything like this. (laughs) Like, he just did not grasp, like, why people would want it. And um, so we would finish our morning, the the Saturday morning show early. It was like, we were done by, like, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., something like that. And we would go in the other production studio and just hit record and talk and kind of get to know each other because we were really basically two strangers. So we did that for a bunch of episodes and we started uploading them on you know, our, our blogs and things like that. Literally at that point, I think the way we were doing it was uploading it onto Share. And then for some reason, we did something one day with Elliot Wilson. And I don't, I don't remember Elliot came. I don't know why we had Elliot up, actually. I really don't remember, but we were doing our podcast and we're like, yo, you want to jump on here with us? And he was like, all right, word. So we, we talked to Elliot, and we kind of changed the format to just being like, yo, let just have guests. So we would just grab guests of the, of the station. You know, like we, if we had an interview with uh, Nas, we would then be like, hey, can we get you for our podcast for 15 minutes, whatever. So that just was how we started. And, uh, you know, it evolved. It probably hit its pinnacle around, like, 2011. We had Jay-Z. 2012 or 13, we had Eminem. It was cool, man.
0: Awesome, man. I mean, uh, so let's switch gears a little bit, man. Uh, This is a funny question. Shout out to my guy, Jake Salter, who's one of the producers uh, of this show. Um, If this was a Groundhog's Day scenario, right, and you had to relive one day over and over and over again, what day would you pick and why?
1: I had a weekend when I was like 14 years old. Yeah, That was so popping. I always think about it. It was Saturday night, we had the Sadie Hawkins dance. I, I went with my girlfriend who, like, just had officially become my girlfriend. This girl that I had a crush on for a year. Yeah. And she just became my girlfriend. And, and she was incredibly popping. And all the seniors loved this girl. Everyone was on my girlfriend. Yeah. So, Saturday night, without giving too much information, I'll say this. Saturday night, I, I had. More contact with a girl than I had ever had. To <laughs> the, Pete, at. Pete,
0: right. Pete, Pete, are you are you trying to tell me is, is this the weekend you lost your virginity?
1: No, no, it's not. I did not. Okay, I, I, okay. My I virginity until until
0: uh, until like six months later. Okay, hey, I was about to say, like wait, Pete, wait, wait. this is I this is way too much that I wanted course. to know about you today. But I'm glad <laughs> you shared it. No, listen. <laughs> no,
1: this is not a J. Cole song. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give you every detail. So Saturday night was just great. It was awesome and fun. And me and my good friend, he went with his girlfriend. Now my girlfriend was her best friend. Like, you know, it was just a great time. And then Sunday morning, had a rec league basketball game. Scored 18 points, went four kicks from three. Mm. Like, I was just in the zone. And that was Sunday morning. Sunday night, Trap Called Quest Midnight Marauders Tour at the University of Maryland. Wow. And- I still – that's the one weekend I still hold up is like it just couldn't have been better. Everything – it just felt like the mojo was just – you
0: know what I'm saying? I was in the zone. Mm, mm. A lot of people don't know what the zone feels like, whether it's in basketball, whether it's when you got the bad joint, when just everything's just going your way. I remember specifically – being in the zone, hoping too. Like there's, there's been a couple of days where you just feel like you can't miss in life and in the game, oh, yeah. and that shit lasts, bro. That no, shouldn't last like a couple of weeks. It's, it's,
1: and then when you see it happen, to, like real basketball players, even if it's only happened to you in like your own little mini way, mm-hmm. like you could still appreciate that you've had a day like that where, like for some reason, everything you did, it just the basket was six feet wide. I'm not going to lie, that's one of my frustrations about this moment in time right now. I was feeling the zone I was getting into a couple weeks ago. Bruh, who
0: you, Pete. Bruh, who are you talking to right now, man? <laughs> like I was yeah, it, in the same yeah, you know, fucking making, making these moves. Oh my god. Like I'm talking about like I'm starting to really feel myself. I'm like, okay, I just did the Super Bowl, I just did All-Star Weekend, I'm about to go do Wally Mania and WrestleMania, and I got the show of complex about to Sheesh. pop off, and cause and effect is gonna be on TV and yada yada yada, and then bam, shut shit down. Like it is, ugh, man
1: they'll tell you and they told me like hey things are just getting paused don't worry about it you know whatever good stuff you were working on you know don't worry about it it's gonna keep going nope oh, can't do that like, <laughs> no no it's hard yeah who knows some stuff may keep going some stuff might not yeah and um it sucks bro like there's no way around it like trying to stay positive but yeah it sucks
0: it took me a while to, for it to really settle in where I was like oh it'll just be a couple of days oh it'll just be a couple of weeks and it's like Oh no, this might just like be life for a while. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, especially with, with everything going on in, uh, in Tampa or what was supposed to go on in Tampa. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really is a blow. It really is a blow. But, um, you know, staying inspired and engaged in Tampa in times like this is, uh, is very important. It's, uh, it's the only way that a lot of us um, know how to function, um, whether it's through your creative mediums or you're fortunate enough to have a uh, career that is still uh, needed and you don't need to be around anyone or endanger anybody. Uh, one of the people that has been doing that is uh, D-Nice, who was on uh, Instagram Live the other day and had like hundreds of thousands of people on the joint. And I remember us both uh, being texting each other while it happened while it hit 100k and we were both like, you don't put on all I do is win <laughs> <At the top. laughs> I was just like, come on I'm like, that's not there's the record to drop out 100k
1: there's something that I've learned to accept over time, okay I'm a flawed human being <laughs> among, those, among the traits I have that are a flaw but they are who I am is that when everyone gravitates, gravitates towards one thing, I have the tendency to be like, yo, man, that's who I am. I don't want to be. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's who I am. So, like, D-Dice is great. I mean, listen, let, let me be real with everyone, guys. That was not the first time D-Dice has ripped for all those celebrities. Facts. He's already ripped for every celebrity of all time. Okay? He's ripped the White
0: House. Like, uh, he's, 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 no, he's the go-to true. guy for those type of events. Like, if yeah, so like if Obama's true. having, like, a party or, like, doing, like, another inauguration or something like that, like, there's only maybe three DJs I can name off the top of my head to get that gig, and d Nice is one of them.
1: Absolutely. So, let me be clear, like... So there were two things. Number one, I was like, can we all stop acting like the underdog got this win today? <laughs> oh, because man. guys been out He's been winning. I love it. <laughs> he's the favorite. And, and by the way, it was dope. So it was cool to see everyone in there and having to check in. And, you know, he played joints that were good. But then he had, when he hit, all I do is win and let two verses play, I left the room. Left
0: the room. <laughs> you weren't the only one. You were not the only one. And let me tell you something. D-Night's ripped that set, right? Like, I was in there literally jamming at the crib, enjoying every second of it. I saw the numbers plummet as soon as those 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 Caled verses go off. I'm like, yo, I'm like, damn, I haven't heard Ludacris' verse in forever, yo. Shit, you let the whole joint
1: play. Well, no, and then I saw your tweet, too, and you were like, um... When you said that, all I do is win, is it making it in the the post-COVID world? (laughs) And you're, yo, that song, like, Khaled has had great moments in in hip-hop. I love Khaled. He's inspirational. He's made some great, some damn great records. Oh, classic records. And and that's one of them. And that's one of them. All I do is win is such a, it's become literally just basketball games.
0: Yes. And you That's know what? what and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I love oh. to hear all I do is win after a big basketball game and there's confetti oh. dropping. Like That's it's right. like the fucking it's the two thousand twenty mm-hmm. woomp there it is. It's like oh, okay, like you just this is the record that you play like after your team wins. Absolutely. But so like, so,
1: so something crazy happened though. So so yesterday I I checked out G Dice's joint for a second and I was like, let me see where he's at musically. And you have to hear me out, because th- this disc is going to sound... Oh, crazy. God.
0: This is going to sound terrible. I already gonna, know where we're going. <laughs> so it's going to sound like it's
1: a diss. It's, sometimes, sometimes I don't want to hear a DJ play something, and it's not even that it's a bad song. Like, you yeah. just said about all I do is win. Like, it's whatever. Yeah. But I jumped in, and he was playing Regulate. And I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> now, let me be clear. I love Regulate. Uh-huh. But when I hear a DJ playing regulate at a party, I'm like, nah. I I can't explain what it means, but somehow I must have said this out loud. I don't know where, because Warren G tweeted me last night. Oh my
0: God, what did he say?
1: He was like, yo man, just chill out, have a glass of wine and relax. And, you know, then something very nice. He was like, hope the family as well. Something very nice. But I was like did I say this out loud or something <laughs> I didn't
0: know I said it Listen, I look like, bro I'm gonna tell you the first thing I texted back once you hit me with the with the uh, you know you don't drop the all I do is win uh, at that <laughs> moment was I'm like Pete you're being a hater right now <laughs> <laughs> you're being a little bit of a hater right but now by bro the way,
1: so you said, here's what Kaz does. Kaz is like such a good guy that he makes me feel guilty. He's like, oh, man, you're being a hater. But then 10 minutes later, he tweets, I'll take that all I do. <laughs> I'm just going to make it. So you agreed. You pushed me to be a better person. But you also agreed with the sentiment uh, uh, of, do we really need to hear all I do is win? All I'm
0: saying is there are times and places to have your critical critiques of certain things, okay? There's 100,000 people having a blast. There's people enjoying themselves. That point was not, that time was not the time
1: no, to say man, all I do me. is what is it. I'm the guy, I admit it, everyone's partying and I'm I'm the same guy that I was at the 1F party. I'm outside wearing a full-blown um, a Nietzsche outfit Smoking a black and mild, listening to Bucked <laughs> by Smith & Wesson. It's who I am. What can I do? Oh is, I, God. I, sometimes it's just in your DNA. Yeah. I am a backpacker. Hey, bro, I broke a copy. I I was such a backpacker that I took the song Make Him Say Uh and smashed the vinyl on the air. Oh, Smash my
0: God. And yeah, you're a, go
1: buy a cop- you're a copy hater. You're a hater, bro. I bought a copy afterwards. Do you know how embarrassing that is? <laughs> I smashed the promo and then had to turn around and buy the record.
0: You know what? And that's probably what made Masterpiece such a fucking multi-millionaire because people like you were smashing the promo <laughs> record just to make you go back and buy the shit back. It's like good crack, yo. You give the crack for free, and then you make him pay twice for it the next time around. I know, around. I
1: know. It's a disgrace. Listen, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud of everything I do. That part of getting older is realizing, uh, trying your best to improve, realizing there are some things you can only do so much about, and uh, hoping to be the best version you can. But I, I realize my shortcomings. They are what they are.
0: You're a, good, you're a good man, though, Pete, even though you're a hater sometimes. You're, you're an <laughs> extremely good man, and I know this. Um, <laughs> so question, the whole social distancing thing, right? I feel like there's only one group of people not complaining about this, and it's the Houston Astros, right? Like, those motherfuckers made out, like, really fucking sweet throughout this whole thing. So are they the biggest winners in the sports landscape when it comes to this global pandemic? Because nobody's talking about them anymore.
1: Oh, I mean, the Astros, yeah, it's a huge win for the Astros. (laughs) I mean, mean, dude, we don't know if there's going to be a baseball season. Mm. They could end up not even having to, you know, ever answer to this. You know, like, there's a chance that by the time baseball's back, people don't even remember how angry they were at the Astros. Hmm. So, yeah, the Astros are – it's a huge win for the Astros. But what a letdown it is, you know, for baseball fans. Because I'll be honest, like, I think – I was so excited for the storyline. Of everyone just trashing the Astros.
0: Oh, dude. This is the most I've been – and mind you, maybe this has to do with just being an SNY and, you know, being more into the Yankees and the Mets now and just being more into baseball than I have been in years. But this is the most I've been interested in baseball in years because I'm like – it wasn't like you know steroids, where it's like okay, like everybody's pumping the roids and what whatever. Like you know, it, it was it was a culture thing that was happening. This was such a well orchestrated, well developed cheating scheme, yep. and not only did they not get punished for it, like. It almost like the MLB just wanted this shit to go away. And we knew it wasn't going to go away. So, my whole thing was, after watching the Yankees and the Mets, I want to see what's happening with, you know, Correa. I want to see what's happening with Altuve. I want to see what, you know, how these guys, are they going to get beanbagged? Are they going to get, you know, are people just going to be super disrespectful to them? Like, flip them all. Like, what, what was that whole thing going to be like? And now you know, who knows? Maybe some people just hold grudges really long about the time baseball starts again. They're still like, fuck them, but who knows? Who fucking knows at this point?
1: No, I'm with you. I'm super... I was, like, very pumped to watch that story play out over the course of the season, and who knows now if we'll ever see it. I mean, hopefully baseball only gets delayed, like, six weeks, and we do get that experience, but, like, I don't know. Wait, who, who has any idea? None
0: of us know. Let's just talk about just like sports in general, man. I mean, outside of, you know, the safety issues of this entire virus and disease, like I feel like a lot of us are kind of underrating the actual physical impact uh, that this will do long term. I mean, we have team facilities being shut down. We have a lot of players just kind of just being in the house for weeks and maybe months on end. Do you think this will be like a long-term effect when it comes to just the quality of the game and the quality of the sport? Because I'm assuming if the NBA does start back up, the, the regular season is done. They're just going to throw them right into the playoffs, right?
1: Uh, that's my assumption. Yes, yeah, it, it seems like it would be tough to do anything. Considering the playoffs is already such a long event, mm. Um it seems unlikely to me you could do much more than maybe have a handful of games. Obviously the one thing everyone talked about because it was right there for us to see was you know the, the sort of the end of the line for Vince Carter um, you know and him and his career just getting cut short. He's not going to be the only person like that. You know, there's going to be a lot of people whose careers are completely different. They're losing. Dude, think about what we're losing out with LeBron right now. Right? Think about what we were getting. Ugh. Think about what we were getting to watch with LeBron. Um, a guy at, at his age playing as well as he's ever played in his entire career. What if when we get him back next year, he took the he took the, the step to the, to the other side? And he starts to look like a guy who's now on the other side of it. It would be like, damn, did it all happen because of that? Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Was what would would he have still had that trajectory otherwise? Or was this just because of this COVID? And like, that's just one person. There's so many people. What you know, what if the Bucks lose all momentum? Um I'm know, Brady. Who knows? Yeah. Like, okay, it, you know,
0: like it's, it's wild, crazy. or it could be, or it could make the opposite effect, man. I mean, like maybe these 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 one-percenter athletes like LeBron James and Tom Brady, maybe this is buying them some more time. Maybe it's giving them, you know, I'm sure LeBron has, like, cryogenic chambers in his house, so I'm sure he's getting in as many workouts as possible. I'm sure Tom Brady and his TB12 method hasn't missed a beat when it comes to, you know, this entire social distancing thing. Maybe it works the other way. Maybe we're getting afforded another two or three extra years Of greatness because of this virus. Maybe that's the case. Who knows?
1: You know what? It's a great point and it's entirely possible. So... Yeah, maybe we'll see the opposite or maybe we'll get to see another amazing sports story emerge as a result, you know. Maybe we'll see someone who we didn't expect to see, you know, pop up and do something amazing. So, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a positive way of looking at it as well. Like maybe we'll get to see a cool story that we didn't even expect. But no matter how you cut it, it's uh it's certainly a bummer um and 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 just man, you know from an ESPN standpoint I mean, listen, it's really cool that WrestleMania was on TV yesterday. Happy to see ESPN finally embracing wrestling a little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, damn, man, like a lot of people's livelihoods are are in danger because of all this.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up WrestleMania because that was going to be my last uh, set of questions here. Uh, you know, obviously, you had big plans for WrestleMania in Tampa. Those have changed. It seems like they've been taping segments or taping matches uh, for the event. Um, And and I've I've talked to Corey Graves this week, and he's completely kayfabed, so he has no idea what's really going on with certain stuff, but uh, he knows things are being taped. Um, Educated guest, what do you think happens at WrestleMania, how do you think that they they kind of salvage this show and make it feel like a big thing without the spectacle of a huge arena and fireworks and hundreds of thousands of people in the crowd? What's what do you think's their best bet right here?
1: My, my hope is is that people just get really really creative. Um, and you know, I did a podcast with uh, one of my colleagues at WWE, Sam Roberts, uh, yesterday, and. We talked about some of the options you sort of have, ways that you can get these matches out of the performance center and come up with some special stipulations to create some different matches. Frankly, I think you have to find some ways to distract a little bit. I think if you just try to keep it straightforward and have everybody just wrestling in that empty arena, match after match, I think that's going to put people in a tough spot. I
0: think that's a very tough spot to be in I agree I I, I said this a couple days ago uh, oh actually on the first episode of Say Less I said their best bet is to just go full Lucha Underground with it tape it make it cinematic get like a small crew of people and just make these matches all over the country like they don't have to be at the performance center maybe do like Maybe you do Edge and Randy Orton at the Performance Center, so they could just kind of like fight all over the all over the arena, right? And then well, you they know. can
1: handle it. Those guys are built for that. Exactly. Like be able to, it'll still look good with them doing that. That can work.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you know, they they've kind of already teased it with like the Becky Lynch with the with the monster truck thing and Shayna Baszler. Like, why does that match have to be in the Performance Center? Maybe they could build a ring somewhere else, outdoors, and have like ten different camera angles. Unmanned by human beings, and turn that shit into like a fucking WW2K cutscene, and make it look like right. just really fucking ill, man. Well, like
1: and, and 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 Undertaker AJ Styles, we 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 speculated yesterday the idea of that being a street fight shot at night. You could literally have a stunt double to help out the Undertaker. Yes, yes, he <laughs> to help out. Like you can't have the Undertaker working a match right now in an empty arena. Like that's. That's good. that's not going to be a good look for him. Of course not. You know? And
0: if there's any if there's any time to bring back Biker Taker, this is it. Like the shit's not going to hit the same way with the with the with the with the lights and the ghouls and all that shit. Especially just like tastefully. Like it may not be the best way, best time to do any of that ominous dead shit right now. Right. But if you want to do it outside and have the OC out at some fucking bar and like cars surrounding the ring and do it fucking uh, Jean Claude Van Damme style and just fight with like six cars surrounding you and have Undertaker pull up in a motorcycle and fight like I'm in for that. That that sounds dope.
1: That's a that's a really that's a really interesting point. Um, yeah, and, and, and by the way, that's just the kind of stuff I mean. Whatever it is, get creative. If, if they just try to put everyone in the ring and say go I think you're setting up a lot of people to have a really long night and 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 to really have an unmemorable night so I, I hope that they I hope that they push the creative you know as hard as they can you know there's some very creative people there uh, Vince McMahon among them who could come up with some really great stuff and I just hope that's what they decide to do because you're you're putting a lot on these performers. To just be like, just go out there with no crowd and make it look amazing. It's not easy to do.
0: Pete, I love you, brother. Thank, thank you so too, much for, for being on the show. Uh, you can catch Pete every day on Ebro in the morning on Hot 97, on the Michael K. show in the afternoons. Be uh, catching catch him WWE as well. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the industry. Uh, one of my favorite friends, favorite people. Peter Rosenberg, thank you so much, bro. Love, Cash.
1: Talk to you soon, bro.
0: All right, bro. Stay safe. Peace. And that's a wrap on the show. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. And you can follow the page on Twitter, Say Less with Kaz. That's S-A-Y-L-E-S-S-W-I-T-H-K-A-Z. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, all those places. Appreciate y'all listening. Leave a nice review, maybe a comment if it's nice enough. And I'll catch you next week or next day. Well, however long we're doing this shit, but say less.